I'm Ellie Swift, ex-corporate marketer turned CEO and seven-figure business mentor for high-performing women building and scaling their soul-led, intentional, and profitable online businesses. I've coached hundreds of women to make six, multi-six, and seven figures using my signature Swift marketing method. And in this podcast, I'll teach you the strategy, marketing, and mindset to help you do the same. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift, a solo episode today where I'm going to be sharing with you my three tips for thinking creatively in your business. So to share the context or the why behind this episode, There are currently more people in the online space than ever before. This is a big industry, the online space, the coaching space, the consulting space, the creative space. In fact, we know that the online coaching industry is predicted to be a $20 billion USD industry this year in 2022. And the benefit of that is that more people than ever before are having their eyes opened to the magic, the wonder, the brilliance of coaching. And if I allow myself to play in the ripple effects of that, it means that more people are open to personal development than ever before. More people are recognizing their own power than ever before. More people are building incredible online businesses than ever before. The potential, the magic, the expansion, the opportunity in all of that is so, so magic and brilliant. On the flip side, what it also means is that we need to be smarter about how we manage not only our time, but our creativity, because we are seeing more content than ever before. We're being bombarded with more content and information than ever before. And what I've witnessed over the last few years is that as the industry grows, so does our curiosity and our Instagram feed. (laughs) We have more and more potential people to follow, more people's work to look at. And there's a very fine line between inspiration, being really inspired and losing yourself in the messages of other people. And so because of that, my personal approach to remaining really creative and in my own lane with my work is one that's very disciplined because I know that I have to be disciplined to be able to A, continue creating, but also B, trusting myself. You know, it becomes harder to trust your own voice, your own intuition, your own thoughts if you're literally having noise shoved down your throat every single day and choosing to have noise shoved down your throat every single day, right? Because we are the ones who are curating and creating our own reality that appears through our phone and through our lives every single day. Che and I often joke that, you know, sometimes I open my Instagram and like reels will start playing on my feed. And I'm like, my phone is literally yelling at me. It's yelling the noise of other people at me. And, you know, that's awesome when I decide that I want it, but it's super important that we are the ones curating that noise so that it supports us rather than it being something where we jump on, we see noise. It's something that, you know, we decided at once upon a time that we wanted to follow those people but it feels noisy. It feels like too much. And we instantly feel really dysregulated in our nervous system. And so 
With that in mind, I wanted to share with you this episode to share with you the three strategies that I use for thinking creatively in your business. And like I shared just now, I wanted to share that context first and foremost of the why behind this episode, because the main thing hindering and negatively impacting our creativity is the noise of the world around us. And that need to tune in and to consciously decide how we're going to tune in to our own inner creativity, because I believe that it lives inside each and every one of us. So the first tip that I want to share with you is to mute and curate. (laughs) I have absolutely no problem muting people, including my friends. I unfollow anyone who doesn't support me or, you know, doesn't make me feel good. I, I personally don't follow anybody who I can tell is having a whinge or always showing up in their triggers. So people who are, you know, ranting a lot or showing up from a place of being really irritated or, you know, dysregulated in their nervous system. And you can feel the energy of people who are showing up from that space. It's negative. It's not nice. It it feels really gross, right? So I choose to unfollow anybody who consistently is showing up from that type of an energy, an energy where they're really, you know, showing up based on what they're triggered by or what what's pissing them off or just that really kind of unregulated, yucky, gripey, ranty space, because that's just not my natural state. It's just not my natural energy. It makes me feel yuck and not myself. And it just doesn't make me feel good. And so I tend to unfollow anybody who is in that energy consistently, because it's just a very different frequency to the one that I choose to operate from and am consistently operating from. So anybody who is coming from that place, I unfollow. Now, I also choose to mute people that I love, people that are my friends, people that are my peers, people who might be past clients who I want to support by following them. I love them in some way. I love their work in some way. But perhaps their work is not necessarily serving me by me following it. So I can love somebody very much and also choose to mute their work because it's impacting my work. And so I always think about my social media feed as this is a business first and foremost. This is something that is aiding my business. And if it's not serving or supporting my business, then I need to make a tweak or change to that so that it does. And a big part of my business is me. I am the biggest asset in the business. And so if I'm following someone or something that doesn't make me feel good, then that is going to impact me and in turn my business. And so I mute people who... I don't want to follow uh, who I don't, I'm going to say that again. And so I mute people whose content and information I don't want to see. It might be that they are sharing information that doesn't feel true for me, doesn't feel aligned for me, or it might be, you know, fellow business coaches, for example. Again, I have so many beautiful friends who are also business coaches and I might just want to mute them for a little bit because maybe we're saying similar things or we're saying things differently and it just feels cleaner and um, more beautiful for that information to not be in my feed. And so I hope that you can hear in the way that I'm speaking so that you can perhaps choose to do this yourself if it feels good for you, that by muting people, 
that doesn't mean that I love them any less. And there is absolutely nothing personal in that. It's all about my creativity, my opportunity to connect deeper to my own creativity, and also my mental health and my state of well-being. And there is such a link. We know this. I know I'm I'm stating the absolute obvious here when I say that there is such a strong link between spending too much time scrolling things that aren't serving us and our mental health. And so beyond our creativity, that is, of course, a bigger conversation as well that we need to be constantly considering what feels good for us when it comes to our social media. But when it comes to creativity, I know that if I am seeing messages that don't support me, then it absolutely wholeheartedly serves me to be muting that information. Keep in mind that our feeds are our own version of reality. We are curating our own version of reality. And so that's the curate part of this tip of the mute and curate. The curate part is just to keep in mind constantly that your social media feeds are feeds that you have curated yourself. So your TikTok, your LinkedIn, your Instagram, your Facebook, those are feeds that are filtering back and feeding back to you a particular version of reality. And if that version of reality is not serving you, then it's up to you to change it. I'm going to give you an example of this. I was having a conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago who was saying to me, I just feel like every single person I follow is a millionaire and I'm not yet. And why is that? And she was, she was buying into not good enough, not enoughness stories that were associated with that. And I said to her, Hmm, that's interesting because what I know is that statistically speaking, and I wish I could cite this statistic to you. I remember reading it somewhere. It's stored in my brain's hard drive. I can't cite the exact reference point, but what I was reading told me that 0.04% of people in the online space are millionaires, 0.04. And so I said to this particular client, you know, they're the stats. So actually not everyone is a millionaire, very, very far from it actually. And we, we talked about this a little bit more and we unraveled this and the conclusion that she came to so beautifully was you know, she had created a version of reality where because she wanted her next goal to be the million dollar year, she was following a lot of millionaires in the online space and that served her until it didn't. (laughs) So it just wasn't supporting her in that moment to be following all these people that were millionaires because she was having this moment of like, I want to be that. And I'm following all these people who are millionaires. And so we talked about muting a lot of those people and building and curating a feed where she had a a much more accurate picture and reflection of what was statistically true, which was that she was actually somebody who was already operating in the higher percentage of income in online business. And she needed to change that feed so that she was able to, to come back to that in herself. And so That's an example that I wanted to share with you. And just a reminder, because there are so many times when I'm having conversations with clients where they're feeling certain things about themselves, uh, which are purely a reflection of the version of reality that they have curated. And so just keep in mind, there's a fine line between inspiration and, you know, feeling comparison-y or yucky or not good about yourself. And it's really important that we keep that in mind in every single moment. 
So the second tip that I have for you to think creatively in your business is to know where your inspiration comes from. What is the stimuli that supports your brain's creativity? What are you doing when you get the most downloads, creative downloads? How do you access your creativity? And so knowing where your inspiration comes from is really important. So for me, my inspiration comes through my relationships and through conversation. And so what that most often looks like is inspiration that comes from working with my clients. I get so much inspiration from my group coaching calls with my clients and my one-to-one calls with my VIP inner circle clients so much inspiration. And so I know that I need to harness that inspiration because it's the main source of fuel for my creativity. So obviously I'm not spending my client calls focusing on my creativity. I'm spending my client calls focusing on my clients. And so what I do, if I ever get a download or a hit of inspiration or creativity on those calls is I note it down and I put it down in bold and caps, knowing that that is something that I can come back to afterwards. And after every call, I'm in the habit of quickly scrolling through my notes from that call and pulling out anything that was a creative download. And I store that as something that I can come back to and write a social post around or write an email around or note down for a podcast episode or whatever it might be. So I know that for me, it is always about taking inspiration from my clients. And that is something that I do really, really consciously. I find that when we know where we get our inspiration from, so, you know, what it is that we're doing when we're most inspired, the the way in which inspiration comes through us, if we access that inspiration in that moment and just make a note of it, knowing that we can come back to it at any time, it's going to really help us and really fuel us to write the social posts, create the content, build out your signature framework in your business. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, when I say signature framework, um, we'll link to that episode in the show notes but it's the model and the process that I use with my clients to build out your body of work in your business. Knowing where your inspiration comes from, because when you know, when you know, you know, (laughs) like when you know, you're going to be able to access that creativity more and more and more. It's very rare that I find that for my clients who are really amazing thought leaders, that their creativity comes from scrolling social media. That might be surprising Perhaps to some of you, I'm unsure, maybe that's surprising to you um, because I think that we believe that social media is something that will fuel our creativity. And I know for me, sometimes it does, but most often the insights and the downloads that support our own work with our own clients come through other means. They don't necessarily come through seeing content of other people because that's how we start to create replica content and we move away from what is innately our own creativity, our own thought leadership. I'm going to be talking a whole lot about thought leadership over the next couple of weeks. And I've got something really epic to share with you around that because I really believe that thought leadership is one of the most underrated conversations happening in the online space and one of the most important things to build a really standout brand online. Now, the third tip, my third tip for thinking creatively in your business is to get away from your computer, is to get offline. 
So again, what I find for me and what I find for the majority of my clients is that they are most creative when they're away from their computer, when they have stepped away from their desk. I have a few really uh, specific strategies that I use to access my creativity away from my desk. So I'm going to share a couple of those with you. One of them is I get a lot of really great ideas in the shower. (laughs) I can't believe I'm about to admit this on my podcast because I am somebody who cares so, so much about climate change. I care so deeply about it. I'm so conscious of it. I vote a lot with my dollar on things related to climate change. And oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to admit this on my podcast. I am somebody who loves long showers. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud because I'm not advocating for it. And I'm constantly trying to change my habits because it's just so bad for the environment. But I love a shower. I love, love, love a shower. I love running water on my body so much. (laughs) And I am really creative in the shower. So when I'm in the shower, there's something about the water on my skin and the exhale, it feels very meditative to me and I come up with amazing ideas. It is very, very common that I step out of the shower dripping wet and write notes into my phone for some incredible idea that I've just had. And so that is something that I do a lot and I know that I can use my showers for that time. So when I get into the shower... I will often say to, you know, I'll say like a universal mantra of something along the lines of, I am your vehicle for creativity. Use me however you would like. And then I know that I'm open and receptive to whatever downloads are going to come through when I'm in the shower. Another strategy that I use is one that is less energetic and more like rooted in science. And I feel like this is just a absolute portal into my brain to be going from one to the other and sharing from one to the other. And that is a strategy that I once heard Sarah Wilson talk about. Um, She's absolutely incredible. Sarah Wilson, who used to own a business called I Quit Sugar, if you don't know her work. um, She now actually, speaking of climate change, she's a real climate change activist and does a lot in the mental health space as well. And in her book, How We Make the Beast Beautiful, which is all about anxiety, she talks about going on problem-solving walks. This whole idea of you know, knowing that you've got a creative problem that you want solved or something solved within your business and you make the decision when you step outside your house to go on your walk, that the whole purpose of the walk is to move through the problem. And the studies show us that when we're walking, our brain is operating in a different way. And I, I can't speak to the exact neuroscience of this, but if you look it up, you will see that there's something that shifts within our brain. And when we're walking, we access a different part of the brain, which is less linked to our anxious thought and more linked to problem-solving abilities. And so I find that if I make the conscious decision of, I want to create, you know, some new workshop around X, or I want to determine exactly what I'm speaking to this week on socials or whatever it might be, I'll go for a walk and use that time to solve the problem that I currently have in my business. And so I love going for those walks. 
I love doing that. It's a really great opportunity for me to access that creativity. And again, there's intention around it. So in the same way that I do that in the shower, there's intention when I get out and go for a walk. And so that is another strategy that I love and I recommend. And I just know that I do my best thinking away from the computer. Something that I've been doing lately, which I'm really enjoying is I've started cooking a little bit more frequently. If you're a long time listener and you know me even a little bit or past client, current client, friend, you will know that I don't cook. Che cooks. He's an incredible cook. And I have just forgotten the skill because I haven't cooked in about nine years properly because that's how long we've been together and he's amazing at it. Uh, and But I've just started to cook again because I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm loving it so much. And something that I'm really enjoying doing is cooking and working. So I'll be in the kitchen and I might cook something and then say if there's like a 30 minute cook time, I'll just sit and do, you know, something in my business at the laptop and then I'll, you know, do something else. And having those small stints means that I get so much done because I'm working in small blocks of time. And it also means that I'm stepping away from my computer and being creative in other ways, which therefore fuels my creativity when I'm at my desk, because I really believe that the more creative I am, the more creative I am. So the more time I give to my creativity, the more I have of it. I am endlessly creative. Like my creativity is infinite, right? And so that's something that I'm really loving as well at the moment. Um, It's just a strategy that's feeling really fun for me. It gets me away from my computer, but also in my computer and I actually get more work done in that way. So again, this third strategy is really about working out what getting offline looks like for you. And instead of getting offline and being like, fuck this shit, I'm out, I'm I'm doing things away from my computer and I'm not thinking about work. It's a more intentional strategy of I'm going offline for the sake of my business. I'm stepping away from my computer for the sake of my business and I'm going to be fueled creatively uh, and consciously determine what it is that I want to create next in my business while I'm not at my computer. So these are three obviously really simple um, but really powerful strategies that I know for many of us When we get swept up in the day-to-day, we aren't necessarily accessing. And so I would really encourage you to come back to these and just to recap on them. The first tip is to mute and curate. The second is to know where your inspiration comes from and access that. So I talked about the example of my clients um, and working with my clients. And then the third is to get offline, but intentionally doing so and utilizing that time to intentionally access your creativity for your business. So I hope this episode has supported you, inspired you as you move through your week. I wanted to let you know really briefly that I am very soon going to be releasing the first lot of applications for the next round of our mastermind. So these are our six figure circle and swift mind, which are opening again in September of 2022. And we gratefully usually get to about 80 to 90% fully booked, if not fully booked from our wait list. So I would recommend jumping on the wait list if you want to be the first to find out about our next mastermind launching. It is elliswift.com forward slash SMM dash waitlist. elliswift.com forward slash SMM dash waitlist. Jump on over to that, pop your details in, and you will be the first to find out 
when I open doors. And like I mentioned, I plan to open them very briefly for enrollments this side of end of financial year if you are in Australia, as I know that for some people, they are wanting the opportunity to sign up for their next investment. If they are Australia-based, this side of end of financial year. So I'll be creating the opportunity to do that. So stay tuned for that and make sure you are on the wait list. I have absolutely loved sharing this episode with you. I hope you're having the most magical day. I'll be back in your ears very soon. 